Hey there, welcome Nick Pollock and friends where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today joining me is someone that moderated the panel I was on in First Pitch, Arizona. It was an honor to join Michael Govier on stage. Michael, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mr. Pollock. I'm here with you and your friends, although really it's just I'm the one friend today. Well, but it's the I get spirits. To... All the spirits of the friends are are watching That's right. and applauding. I get to join the you pantheon can hear it now. Yes, that's right. There's a pantheon <laughs> of friends that I am now a part of, and it's great to be here. Yeah, we had a great time, and that was if I was told. Maybe people lie to me. I don't know, but they said it was a interesting panel. They learned a few things, and we had a great crew. I mean, not only yourself, but we had Jeff Zimmerman and Chris Clegg, who yeah. uh, is now a part of your pitchless world yeah. as well. So, oh, I have, and so I said I felt like it. you know that panel kind of breeded the beginning of like we got to have Clegg we got to get Clegg this guy's awesome we got to get Clegg absolutely um yeah that was that was a fun panel of it felt very much just like a uh public forum almost like the town hall <laughs> meeting well Rob Silver really grilled you I know that was well, a revenge he, he, vendetta he, yeah, so. yeah that was from last year yeah yeah <laughs> but no it was really fun like you know the we we had a basic setup and then we were running with it and they just kind of devolved into like what do you guys want to talk about let's just okay over here throw out a name you know <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually some of the most fun uh, of first pitch. And who better to lead something like that than you, Michael J. Mitch Govier. Keller, go. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, if you need that, I got you. But no, we're not going to talk about fancy baseball on this podcast. We're going to learn about Michael Govier and talk about wisdom and life and everything that he is going through himself. Uh, first and foremost, what are you going through right now? What, Where can people find what you do and where you're located on social media? Well... Look, I do the Palazzo podcast if you like fantasy baseball. Uh, we have the YouTube as well. So I also do fantasy football with that one. I added that this year. It was a choice I made. So I like fantasy football. I play it. So now the Palazzo podcast does both. But really, I separate the episodes. So if you don't like football, it's always titled, hey, fantasy baseball episode, fantasy football episode. It's very clear. It's not complex. You'll and figure I, it out. I so. love the, the name of it where it's derived from, of course. Of course, a movie that's going to be 40 years old eventually. It's a very no. old film from 1988. <laughs> well, tell me that it's in 1988, right? Yeah. yeah that was so, the year okay. I was born, so I hope it's never 40. <laughs> well, I'm, I hate to break it to you, dude, but you are going to be 40. I have a very good feeling yeah. about these things, and you're going to make it. Yeah, in fact, right? that's a good thing. It's a good thing to make it to We're 40. We're always so, so surprised about time, and it's the most consistent thing in our life. I know it's the most consistently surprising thing to everybody. Like, oh my God, where did the time go? And we're always saying that. And I know it's something that people say sometimes when they have nothing to say, but it mm. does blow my mind. It does. It blows my mind individually when I think about like, wow, I'm 42 now. I like, death could happen eventually. I mean, I know it's way off still, hopefully, but man, it's like, it's the first time in my life where I'm like, oh my God, I'm kind of like halfway there. And that's a... <laughs> That's kind of frustrating for me because I hey, love life. It's such prayer, a great right? time. Yeah. Whoa. Halfway there. But uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Govia, you do the Palazzo podcast, uh, football and baseball, but you do other work as well. I mean, you're on FTN yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot to mention. That. That's the first thing I should mention because they pay me. Uh, <laughs> yes. I work at I work at FTN, which is a wonderful place to work. Yeah. Uh you do baseball. They do everything there. I mean, I actually, I found my gambling chops there. I, I didn't know, yeah. you know, sports betting is a strange place because it's always been filled with a lot of, 
unsavory characters, I guess, is a way to put it. Sure, there's at times. a culture to it that can be very uh, um, I don't know, aggressive. Uh, <laughs> aggressive, be, yes. It can be tough to endure. Yeah, and... Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of movies made about gamblers who are scumbags or, you know, just people who take advantage of people. And also gambling can be something that leads to addiction right. and Absolutely. it can ruin people's lives. So I, I understand all that. I mean, I, I'm someone who's, you know, I've lived that life of addiction. I understand that. But so I just found out that I, I have a real knack for it because of just the wisdom I've gained in my life. My experiential knowledge combined with a little bit of research is it's helped me to be as good as anybody else. And I've done that at FTN. I've discovered that about myself this year. And that's that's a nice, it's just another uh, trait I can offer because the more it becomes legal now, that's the other thing. It used to be underworld only, and now it's becoming more legal across states across the country. So I do that over there. It's fun at FTN. Check it out. If you want to learn about betting, you want to just do season long or DFS, they do it all really well there. FTN. There we go. Thanks awesome. for reminding me I work there. Yeah, no problem. I got you. Uh, and your Twitter handle is what? With a wonderful now hand-drawn avatar of you. Uh, that's the best part about working FDN. They give you a custom hand-drawn avatar. It's beautiful. It's a characterization. <laughs> it's like those things you do when you go to the local fair and someone does a cartoon, Absolutely. a caricature, right? That's what yeah. it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just not a word. No, that, yes. that's, that's right. That's 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 what those are called. That's literally what it is. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at MJ Govier, so you can follow me there. And if you want to talk about anything, like Nick said, yeah, I work at FTM, but I didn't even mention I, you know, me and Leanne, we still do our first day pod, which is like a, you know, personal development pod, whatever you want to yeah. call it. I know it's, that was something that we almost pod faded on for the first time in my life. I, I never thought I would pod fade. We're this close. We didn't do a show for three months, but we came back. So we did, maybe we, is a pod fade temporary or permanent? You tell me. Well, there's pod ghosting, right? Where oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just assuming that would be a thing. You just kind of forget about it and let it sit and they just don't, <laughs> don't make an announcement about it. It just doesn't exist anymore. Um, pod fading feels like, yeah, it's not gone yet. So you can bring it back. Hmm. Okay, well, then I'm allowing we it. did a little bit of both. Thank you. You're allowing it. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. I, that's a fun <laughs> one to do. And then I do Cinema 9. We love movies. I'm a, are, are you big into movies? I don't know if we've really talked sure. much about film. Why not? You know, sure, I, why not? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I would not call myself a film buff in any way, but I mean, I'm, I'm in the zeitgeist for the most part, you know, I get it. <laughs> I like to keep up on things. I like, yeah, I but... like movies, you know, they're, they're good, they're entertaining. You yes. know, I don't, I don't go to the theater that much though. Neither do I. I can't remember the last time I went to the theater. I mean, these days, right. that's part yeah. of what we talk about on the show too, is, you know, do things hold up? We talk about movies that are a little bit older, a little bit newer. We did a one for 2015 recently too. So it could be a little bit newer. It just depends on the week. We get to choose. We have guests on. It's a lot of fun. If you love movies, check out Cinema 9. And I think uh, that's it. I'll, that's all the... Uh, Lovely stuff. Oh, I do, <laughs> that's all the stuff I do. Yes, there you go. Beautiful. Uh, the real reason I wanted you on is I have one burning question I've been dying to ask you for ages. Really? What is the J in Michael J. Govier? Oh, that's not obvious. You don't know that? No one knows? Is this something don't people know. don't know? I have no idea. It's real simple. It's just uh, Jason. A boring oh. old Jason. Lovely. I mean, if if it was Jay, like Homer J. Simpson, I would have really enjoyed that. I've uh, I, taken advantage of the Jay a lot. I mean, I took advantage of, and when I grew up in the 80s as a child, you know, Michael Jordan, MJ, mm -hmm. and then Michael J. Fox, you know, so that was like really right. cool. That was what I thought of, but... Um, it's just Jason. It's nothing exciting. I don't know where well, the hell it came from. Good. 
You, oh, really? Yeah. You just, there's not like a, a relative <laughs> or a... No, there's no Jason I've ever heard yeah. of. <laughs> so, uh, so, so why do you go by Michael J. Govier as opposed to just Michael Govier? I don't think I know I'm another Michael Govier. Well, I'm my, I'm Michael Govier, but there are other Michael Govier's out there, Nick. In fact, what? I don't, you know, you're a busy guy, so you can't catch all of these things. But a couple of years ago, this is very recent history. In 2020, during the COVID year, there was a guy who won an Oscar. <laughs> His name was Michael Govier. Flat Get out. Get out of here. I'm telling you, I I have the clip. No I, I gotta. Am I should I really, use it more on the really? show. <laughs> yes, there That's really right? was. It was done by Reese Witherspoon. She was the one who presented the category. So it just so happens that I've always had like a thing. That I guy? love Reese Witherspoon. I had a crush for Reese Witherspoon since I was a kid. She's the same age as me. So I've always loved her work. And she of all people said my name. So I had a happy moment at the Oscars a couple years ago when I just happened to be watching and they said my name. I'm like, what? Me? Michael Govier? But it's not me. Wow. Okay. It's a true story. Yeah, I just I looked them up. I feel like I recognize this guy, but I don't know if I do. He kind of looks like mm. Seth Rogen, but he's not. <laughs> he did a. It's you an know? animated short, by the way, about gun violence. So, yeah, well, whatever. All right. Well, I'm sure that's good then. Oh, uh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, he's doing good things with the world, and I'm happy to be associated with Michael Govier, <laughs> who's making a contribution to society. All right, so I get it now, Michael J. Govier. You know, now now yeah. it all makes sense to me. I'm so this is why I ask these questions. You know, all right, that's been a great show. Thank you everybody for coming by. I got the answer that I was looking for. It's been a pleasure, everybody. Thank you now, so you, much. You guys might remember Michael J. Govier from PitchCon of 2022. Um, one of the best presentations, if you ask me. Um, I can't even tell you what you discussed exactly, but it was a sermon on the game of baseball is what it was. It was, uh, it's on our YouTube channel. You should take a look at it. it I remember you, you said you wanted to do a presentation for an hour. I said, whatever Govier wants to do, I'm just going to let him do it. I don't know what this is. You did. And I, I didn't even ask any questions. I just said, all you right, didn't. here's Michael Govier. And I, I just remember sitting back like a like everybody else, just going, "All right, what do we got?" And this is <laughs> it was the best. It was I couldn't tell you how many messages I got privately being saying how much they enjoyed that presentation. So um, there's only certain people that can do something like that and pull that off, and you were absolutely one of them. So I want to applaud you for that. Oh, thank you, brother. That's very kind of you. I'm I'm glad uh, that it happened because. If you didn't do PitchCon, that never would have happened. And I never would have tried to push myself to do that, which it's a lot easier to, believe it or not, it's a lot easier to kind of sit back and not do things like that because <laughs> it was it was strange. I had a concept, I, but I didn't really, I didn't write it out. I, I wanted to talk about the game and why it's a great game still. And there is right. hope for the game and what it means to us. And that all made sense. Yeah. But I didn't know where it would go. And frankly, uh, maybe I should have worked on it a little bit more. Maybe I should have organized it a bit more. But I, I'm i happy with the result because you gave me a chance to do something. And whatever that is, is what it was. So that's how I feel about it. And I'm glad that you gave me the chance to do that. It's oh, fun. It was fun. It was something different. I've never done anything like that. I haven't. I'm looking forward to the next one, of course, uh, when you come back in January. <laughs> what? I got to follow, follow that up now? There's no way. Actually, I got to be honest. I'm not trying to, I'm not a very, I'm a modest guy. I'm very reasonable, but I believe sure. I could do a lot better. I really do. I I would I think, love to see it because that was incredible. Yes. You set such a high bar. Uh, it's rare <laughs> for a sequel 
to eclipse I know. the original. Yeah, I, you are I a movie buff. You, I knew Michael it. Day. You love movies. Oh, See, yeah, there I, it is. I said I love movies, <laughs> but I'm not a buff. I know the reality of sequels being a money chaser as opposed to a quality chaser. I guess that you would know? be a basic piece it's of information a lot of people like would know. A story that actually is dying to be told. It's more of we made a really great story, and that's why this first one was made. Oh, that wouldn't worked. Oh no, now we have to create more to make more money. Exactly. That's but right. anyway, so let's get let's get to you, Govier, and how we often start on these are let's talk about the beginnings of Michael J. Govier. So tell us, give us the scene of of seven, eight year old Michael J. Govier. What were the uh, dreams and aspirations, and where were you growing up? Hmm. Well, let's see, seven, eight year old Michael Govier. That was nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight, in uh, Livonia, Michigan, a suburb of Metro Detroit. And my parents had just got divorced by then, so you know they got divorced when I was five, or I think it was finalized when I was six. So that was. I didn't know anything better about it. I just, just a kid that I didn't have a previous life experience to go on. So I just thought this is life. And it was a challenge. It was a real challenge, but I had a lot of, I really thought I wanted to be a broadcaster. I love sports at a young age. And frankly, I don't know where sports came from and baseball in particular, because my dad wasn't a baseball nut. And but like I said, my parents were divorced and like, I didn't see him a lot for a while there. And my mom raised us and a lot of credit to my mother. My mother raised three young boys. I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of three boys. So she went from being a homemaker with a basic high school education to having to raise us and go into the nineties. And I, I have a lot more respect for that now. I didn't cause I was a punk kid when I was younger, but sure, yeah. now I look back and I'm like, man, that's like, that's an all American story right there. A lot of credit to my mother for making that happen. She had nothing and she made herself into something. That's, yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. But baseball, I don't know where that love came from. I really don't. I guess it's probably trading cards. Just trading cards were there and I would play with them and I would put the teams in order on the floor. And I wanted to be in, I wanted to be a part of baseball. I, I thought, as I got a little bit older into 11, 12 years old, I thought maybe I could be a sportscaster, a radio play-by-play. Ernie Harwell was a hero here in Detroit. One of the best to ever do it as a play-by-play guy. So I was like, oh, I want to be like Ernie Harwell. I really, really thought about that. Can you give us the best Ernie Harwell that you can do right now? Oh, man, that is so difficult. That is, let me see what I can do here. Ernie Harwell. Uh well, he stood there like a house by the side of the road and watched that one go by. Struck him out. That's the best I that's got. Good. That's not that's even good. I, I, I don't like know. It. You know that, that, I, I, mm. No disservice Beautiful. to you, Ernie. Beautiful. Rest in power, my friend. Good God. <laughs> so, all right. So, so you were into sports broadcasting at all. Did you pursue that in any way? I did. Uh, you know, I when I was in high school, I. I kind of started to go sideways. I I grew up really fast. I felt like when I said about the life I had, I needed to take on a lot of responsibilities as a youngster. So yeah, sure. I was watching our brothers and given a lot of responsibilities as the elder of the household next to my mother at the time. And by the time I got to high school, I guess I wanted to go backwards, even though I didn't say that outwardly, I just <laughs> rebelled and started going in different directions. Mm-hmm. So I central Michigan university is a wonderful communications school. In fact, the esteemed Dick Enberg went there. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Everybody, Dick Enberg, national Amazing. play-by-play voice, football, yeah. baseball. He did it all. He went to, he was the guy that they always said, Dick Enberg went here. So I right. was like, oh, I'd love to be like Dick Enberg. But 
So I did go to Central Michigan, despite my uh, slipping in grades towards the end of my high school career, which is filled with just hours of funny stories that I'm sure would entertain you all. But let me just skip to the point where (laughs) I went to Central Michigan. I actually made it in there and I tried out for their, I guess their news programs, what you call it. They had a station and this is 1998, remember? So the internet is alive, but it's not mixed in at all like we have today. And you have a, they had like a local access channel with the studio. And I tried out for the sports anchor as a true freshman and I didn't get it. And I thought, what the hell? Why didn't I get it? I was pissed and I gave up, which is so stupid. A very regrettable error now that I look back upon it because it's okay to fail, Mike. That's something I know now, but 18 year old Michael Govier did not know that. Sure. You just, you just call yourself Mike. I, I, I think it's the first time I heard you call yourself Mike. Yeah, that is weird. I don't know why I just did that. You but, you know, when you get out Pollock and Friends, anything can happen. So. <laughs> can I call you Mike Govier? Is that how other people call you or is it always Michael? Well, people really know me a lot. They call me Goves or they don't really call me by my first name. So, But you can call me whatever you want. Oh, I'm right, welcome. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no, um, Fred, all right, so, Al. So there's, there's a yeah. lot to go off of on there. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Something I say a lot is what is development, if not failure? Um, and uh, it's common. I mean, you fail at something, it's really hard to get back on the horse and actually keep pursuing that thing. And you should, you know, have no blame to yourself. That's life. I don't think you're giving yourself, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, I know that I failed in many things at that time. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but talking about high school, you said you had many stories. Are there any that are PG rated? Yeah, I've t- I knew that you'd probably say that. I, in fact, I thought about it from that perspective because this is Pollock and Friends. We're yeah. classy. This is a classy broadcast. Classy indeed. Right. We learn a lot, but we keep it classy, San Diego. So, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> the one I got, I almost got kicked out of school my senior year of high school in the second semester. And the reason it happened is because I'm a moron. So, there's actually a great lesson to be learned here, especially. This is really apropos for the world we live in now. For any of you youngsters who may be in high school and you don't want to make the mistakes that I made, because this was a mistake that you don't want to make, because I almost got expelled. To get expelled or almost expelled last semester of high school is really hard yeah. to do. Yeah. So we had a TV production class. Again, I was trying to focus on this. We actually did have public access. It just come to our tiny little town of Heartland, Michigan. It's not mm-hmm. spelled H-E-A. It's H-A-R-T. And... I thought, hey, all right, I'll learn more about TV production my last semester of school here. One of the goals was to learn basic camera shots. They, back then in 98, big old cameras, those huge TV-like oh, yeah. cameras. And we took those out. You popped a VHS tape in it, and we had to learn basic shots. So we had this group project where you were with five other people. Hey, we'll we'll learn how to do these shots, and someone will be the cameraman, and someone will set up the shots, and blah, blah, blah. So we recorded it all, and then we're going to show our presentation to the class. And the problem was, is I had done a couple of unsavory things that we recorded with the teacher where I had uh, I had done I I had made him look the fool, a a terrible fool. And then we decided to show it in front of the whole class. And I don't know how I ever allowed that to happen. But that video was played in real time with the teacher standing there while the teacher was being embarrassed by yours truly. And and the class. (laughs) I got to tell you, this is not exaggeration. The class 
was in uproarious laughter. So imagine being that teacher. The class is dying, just dying with laughter because it's so absurd to see what's happening. And also, by the way, this teacher was he was a really kind of cold, cruel dude. So people didn't really have a lot of like if it was somebody else who'd really been a, a mentor to them. They probably would be like, oh, this isn't cool. But for that guy, right. it kind of was just desserts. So in a yeah. way, it was funny, but he didn't think it was funny. And uh, wow. that's how I almost got expelled. Basically, the principal said, look, you're done. I got I had to resign as the secretary of our class. I, I was the secretary <laughs> senior year. I had to resign. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Oh, my gosh. You like had to issue out a statement and maybe one person read it, you know? Yeah, it was in the local, the high school paper. Michael Govey oh. resigns from the secretary position. Uh, <laughs> Melanie Kalinsky will take over as the intern. Fox 23 News reporting in. <laughs> oh, I will tell you this, though. This is still PG. I'm not saying anything cruel, but in yeah. 1996, our school was on A Current Affair, like those gossip shows back before TMZ, a current affair inside edition because the football team had hired strippers and it got out all across the country. Like it became a national story. I'm not kidding. 1996, Heartland, Michigan football team hire strippers for a pregame thing before they, you know, usually spaghetti dinners, Friday night, spaghetti dinner, get ready for the big game. Nope. They did that. So we became, we had a weird reputation by then. So, Oh my gosh. Um, I actually, (laughs) I, I'm, th- I'm thinking of like the thing I got most in trouble for in school. And I, it was when I was in fifth grade. I, I it was, uh, yeah, you have to understand. I went to Berkeley Carroll and their high school and their middle school. So middle school for us is fifth through eight. And then high school is nine through 12. And they're, they're split, but they are in the same building. Ah. Um, and I, uh, so, but like, you know, they're the kind of like segmented and everything. And there was a teacher who I had known um, through like the camp growing up a little bit. Um, rest his soul, Peter Shakeshaft, a uh, wonderful guy. And, uh, but he was also was like the varsity soccer coach and was worked more with high schoolers and everything. And he passed by while I was with my friend doing tongue twisters. Um, and I was saying toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, right? And I was getting it really bad. And I... Uh, Mr. Shakeshaft uh, came through and he said, you know, be careful, Nick. If you keep saying that, people might think something of you, right? And my reaction is like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 10, okay? <laughs> I, I, am, I think of whenever someone says anything about you, about like that could be in any way like a diss, the appropriate response is always, well, then I would be like you. So I Ooh. said that to so I said that to the teacher, so to Mr. Shakeshaft, and then he said, "My office after school," which had never happened to me. It happened like on The Simpsons, okay, <laughs> or like you know, like Full House or something like that. And I just like I was in tears. I I went to it, and he was telling me all these things. Like you know, normally I would do this. I would require like a five page paper, like five page paper jeez you know and all this stuff for apologies all of that but i know you and i'm gonna let you go and it like scarred me it ooh, wow oh my gosh yeah so that was that was the most i got in trouble i think in you school. never got in trouble again i don't know i was i was too nervous i i had i i now am on medication for anxiety but i didn't know how much anxiety i had 
Like oh, I had okay. so much of it, but I was never diagnosed or anything. So I became so paranoid all the time of stuff and it stuck. Like I hate that I was as like naive and anxious. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I don't think I did unless I blocked it from my memory right now. But that's the first Very one possible. I. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the one. I mean, a little different um, than yours. Uh, and I can I I have an idea of what you were doing in that video. If you want to act it out for me because they can't see it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Suspicions. Yep, that's exactly the one. Oh, is that exactly that's what you exactly thought it was? Okay. What I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah, one other thing too, though. And there was that yeah. was one of two. Yes. That was one of two. The other one was, I just uh, think of the think of the moon, a beautiful yeah. evening. Oh yeah. no, you just didn't. Gore- you did yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> on the camera. To the whole Not class? like uh, like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a fact. Oh, this is not an exaggerated Govier. story. Yeah. Govier. Yeah, that that was that's like a Turn crime. That might be werewolves? a crime now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, hey, be smart. Don't do stupid stuff oh, like that. Govier. I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate that I was not expelled. All so. right. Well, you said you had many stories. I got to hear one more because I don't want the last one to be thinking about is that one. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I guess maybe uh so you do have one more, right? And and let's let's talk about it right after this break. You mooned the camera? Yeah, yeah, I did. Full on. So that was <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I mean it was worse oh, than the uh the man. pumping of the teacher from behind who didn't know I was there. So Yeah, I mean that's I mean how uh, what else was That was like happy say? Gilmore stuff, you know? That's what I saw like, back then. You didn't just do this or something. Like you no, clearly no, 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 no. It was yeah. a Happy Gilmore thing, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. a big movie at the time, so that's sure. his fault. I'm going to blame Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> you cracked uh, me up. Oh. Yeah, my, my oh. dad got kicked out of school for stuff, but yeah. Oh. Well, no, he, that's another. Uh, he was just too smart. They essentially, uh, he, he skipped a grade and then they made him go back to freshman year when he was a senior. Or like he, uh, he when he was a senior, they didn't let him graduate. They said enough credits. So he had to come back and get oh my like, God. so he came back at, like to join the freshman as an older student. He's like, what? I don't, I shouldn't be here. And oh he essentially gosh. like first day was a globe and everyone went up in order to identify as many countries as they could. And he was <laughs> a third person and he named the entire globe. And like the teacher said, are you making a joke of this class? I'm like, yeah, because it is a joke. And then he left. And that was the last day of school for him. Holy crap. That's all. That is not the story you would expect. Okay, that's. Yeah. Wow. That's where you come from. Anyway, I'm curious about uh, the second story that you have. Well, uh, like I said, yeah, a lot of fascinating stories from the high school days. And I'm thinking that the one that's most appropriate for this one is when I was in. So I mentioned what happened with the uh, football team in 96. So I was in drama. Yeah. And I was in the play and we always we did the play. There was the assembly play for the school. Yeah, we're going to do one version for the school so they could see how great we are because we only did. Really, you just did a weekend of performances and that was it for each semester. Right, it, was, right, right, it was very right. brief. So yeah. to do one more show was a big deal. So we did uh, Sherlock Holmes in 10th grade. Oh, nice. And I was a paper boy. So I had my English accent because we were trying to do our, I was 
I was a paper boy in the corner. It's like 1892 or whatever. And I'm supposed to be yelling about uh, the Thames. You know, I, I can't even do it now. I don't know how I did it back then. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to do that anymore. I've, I've lost yeah, that it. Was, um, I don't know if that was the, your best. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was, a, it was like, uh, touch and touch and read all about it. Uh, I can't. I lost it. I was a child. I was more innocent back then. But either way, yeah, we had to yell out these newspaper headlines. And right. uh, while I was doing that, one of my friends decided right before oh, no. I was supposed to yell out one of my headlines, he just yelled out this chant that was vulgar, uh, but you had no idea where it came from because it was an auditorium of 800 people or 1,000 right, people right. maybe. It was a big auditorium. We had a really nice auditorium at Heartland High School back then, and it totally threw me off, and I was so mad. I was so angry at him. I knew exactly who it was because I knew his voice. I knew I know who he is right now. If he hears this, he'll he'll know I'm talking about him right now. <laughs> We're still friends to this day, believe it or not. But yeah, I remember how angry I was and I was furious at him because he totally threw me off and I thought it ruined my performance. But uh, yeah, that was yeah. that was an uh, example. So, okay, so there are there are other elements. There was um when we were juniors. The seniors, uh, it there was there was like a, such a rivalry between us and them, and uh, we um we we had a joint uh trip away to Frost Valley. Mm. Um, it's it's up in in New York, and I uh, this night before we all left, there was like essentially we were you know doing you know having like a campfire and someone was playing guitar and they raided us with water balloons right we knew that there would be Boom. something like each night there were like people on guard because we knew that there was going to be some shenanery happening right <laughs> and like shenanery. the teachers i felt so bad for them because they were just like they had to do this and like well what <laughs> Uh, they're like, all right, something's going to happen. And like, we're not going to be able to do anything about this. So I, uh, we had a plan and that was to steal milk, like crates of milk from the cafeteria. And we were going to sneak up into their bunks. Um, So like, so essentially what happened, like it's different parts of the camp. So their raid comes on. And then when the girls went to their cabin they lined up along the way and threw water balloons at them right oh which was, so, which was like they were like they didn't want anything to do with it It was really just the boys against the boys and then they like <laughs> and it was like what what is this like this isn't fair right why is this happening so, so i i was part of the the crew that stayed back um some other people who i will not name because they still don't know who uh mm. <laughs> went through the woods and with like crates and were handing out these like little cartons of milk to everybody and there were like i mean there was one teacher who uh, who i uh, was so furious was like swearing at the kids in, in, in the forest like get out of here wow. are you? Get out, you know whatever would catch one and like i caught my friend and like said go on get back and like spanked him and like <laughs> sent him back and it was a thing like what? you should not have done that teacher um <laughs> And I uh, and then the, the the so the kids actually made it all the way up to the the bunks without like quickly oh. without them noticing because they were away from the camp right you know the the, yeah. the the castle protected so they literally poured milk onto the bunks of these kids because they recognized oh. like who the worst offender was and just poured it right 
Yeah. Next day, we find out that the the director of the upper school that was with us knew something was going on. So then was in the room and slept with the kids that were the, the most, you know, uh, uproarious of the, the seniors. So his bunk got covered with milk, too. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, man. And we all held solidarity. Nobody... Nobody squealed. <sighs> Nobody said who did what, you know, and that was that. And we just kind of let bygones be bygones. It's like the grossest, the most <laughs> ill liquid I could think of. Milk of everything. Good oh, Lord. Oh, man. Yeah. Ew. That is yeah, nasty. That was, that was the most like, all right, we're pushing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's hardcore. You know, it, it was like a union, though. You know, it, it was truly like, well, what are you going to do? They can't like get rid of all of us. Like, girl, this is it. And we just got to, you can't do anything. You know? I've often said this about the United States. You know, if everybody formed together as one, there's nobody could stop us. We could well, really right. make meaningful That's, change in this country. You know, this is what rage the more you know. actually is all about. The power of go. the question, right? The, uh, That's right. Absolutely. Uh, that show but said, you so guys folks. Milk. You oh, guys focus on milk. So on milk, yeah. 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 That show, I got to see them finally after waiting 15, you know, 22 years of my life to see Rage Against the Machine. I finally saw them this summer. Hey! I don't know if you're a Rage fan at all. Are you uh, kidding me? I, I love Rage Against the Machine. Oh my and I finally saw them. Did you? Did in you 2008. Oh, man. Coachella. Right? Uh, Lollapalooza. Okay. So it? it was at Grant Park in Chicago. Yeah. It was summer, late summer, 08. George Bush, you know, all that stuff. The presidency oh, yeah, for right, many years, right, right. the the 9-11, all this channel, all this frustration. And yeah. it had built up into this coalesced show. And all these people started tearing down the fences to just get in. I paid. I bought my $235 ticket or wristband <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah, right, right, right. I'd waited my whole life to see Rage. I'm a massive Rage Against the Machine fan. I yeah. love Rage Against the Machine. Always have. Always will. In fact, that's a story I should have told from high school is that What's at the that? 97 talent show junior year, I yeah. did. We did Bulls on Parade yeah. and I sang it. Me, we played it like with yeah, instruments. Yeah, yeah. That was right, our talent. Right. I sang and my other three friends did the bass, drums and guitar. And I during the the solo Bulls on Parade, you know, Tom Morello does his weep, 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 yeah. this. I ran around that whole auditorium. Once again, that same auditorium. I just ran all around yeah. there, like just going like this. And then I came back to the stage to finish the song. And that was great. That's I love awesome. Rage. Always have. Yeah. The, when when Bulls on Parade hit, it was like the third song or something. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There's a yeah, there's a garden. My uh, my friend. So it's funny is that Alex Fast and I were going to go together in 2020. Uh, and uh and of course he's in la now and this took two years to reschedule but he already bought the tickets and stuff so he was he had four tickets including mine and i was like i gotta get rid of these I was like oh don't worry and i like reached out to my friends and stuff got you know three of my friends went with me and one of them one of my best friends oj i remember <laughs> like bulls on parade hitting and after that song like grabbing me and just eyes bulging be like this is the best concert ever <laughs> <laughs> yep that's the feeling you get like, yes oh it man. is it was so that good. is rage live it really oh. is i being oh. there in that 08 show finally seeing them i was 28 you know i just well, I was 27 about to turn 28 and i waited my whole life to see them and the show I had to stop a few times because people were just too intense people were getting crushed up front nobody died or anything it was okay right, but, but was, they had they stopped yeah. the show three times to say Right, you know, Zach DeLaRoche is like, please, you got to move back. We're not going to play anymore if you don't stop yeah, because right, they're too right. intense. So, 
that was, it was a, I'll never forget that. It might still be my favorite concert experience of all time, just because of where and when it, what it I was. It, I think it's mine. Uh, the fact that he also did it, he had a torn Achilles and he just sat down the entire time, Zach De La Roca. And I, I, <sighs> yeah. So they ended up canceling the rest of that tour though. Else. Yeah. Right. That's what really, yeah. we were supposed to have like you, the COVID tickets, Right, but it got delayed, and they were going to come back for April 2023 for the final leg of that tour, but they canceled yeah, no. it. So we got it's unbelievable <laughs> in Detroit. We got left out. Yeah, very sad for we'll us. But at least I'll we'll have that. I've seen them. I've been there. I've had the experience, and that's oh. fine. I'm I'm too old and lame now. I'm like I won't even have fun probably. Right? No, oh, no, no, not not true. <laughs> um, but I'm trying I, to I'm trying to rationalize it here. No, I'm really trying to sell back. myself that you'll, I'm not missing out again. You'll see. You know, they'll they'll return it. Don't worry. I hope so. They're incredible. Yeah. And their rhythm uh, section, by the way, really underrated. Like Zach Taylor Roach is the... Yeah. 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 They are so underrated. Brad, Brad and uh, the bassist, uh, you know, the Tom, guy who... I, no, Tom's a guitar player. So Tom no, Rowell's no, guitar. Tim, Tim Comerford. I'm sorry. Tim. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brad and Tim are incredible. They're so... They they kind of are the heart of that band in a way because they, those songs really do groove and it's because of their rhythm. I'm a drummer. I'm a bassist. So I'm always yeah. going to be... A little bit partial to those people, and I Tim know they make the songs. Covers doesn't let anyone view his pedals and his settings and everything. He's very secretive about it. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. That's cool. I oh. mean, it's an incredibly fat sound. Like it, it's like every every riff is doubled with that, and it changes every. P H A T. Fat. <laughs> so so let's let's pick up back. Uh, here you were, end of high school, right? Um, then you go mm. off to college. Uh, and you quit broadcasting after your freshman year. <laughs> okay, that's where we left off. What happens after First that? week, really. It was literally like the first 10 days. Let's be very clear. <laughs> well, so then after the, you were thinking, I'm going to go here because oh, you got Dick Enberg and then you now like after a week, what am I doing? What is it? Yes, exactly. So that led to got? going to school for a year, but not really being in school at all. So the total mm -hmm. failure. I I had two semesters. I had a 0 0.05 GPA. That's my, there's a transcript on file at Central Michigan still that says that technically I got a C in one class. So. so, so what happened after that? So after that, it was just a series of, you know, I just, I was immature and like this lifestyle, this way in America of telling you that, Hey, at least at this time in particular, well, this is 20 years ago and you got to go to college and you got to get a degree. You know, this was, burned into our brains. And, you know, Absolutely. now that we know about college loans and all this stuff, maybe it wasn't just for everybody. Okay. In fact, it's not for everybody. There are different paths, a lot of ways to go, especially today. And that's one thing. If more. I could impart anything to anybody listening to this, just remember that if you're younger and you feel like, Oh, I got to follow this track. That's just not how things are anymore. They're not. And they never were frankly. So yeah. I, I basically kept trying to go to school, <laughs> but I didn't want, I didn't have the, the drive, uh, I I was just immature, you know. I didn't have a foundation that was rock solid. I didn't. I know that now, but at the time, I didn't. I went to a couple of community colleges, and I would go sleep in the parking lot. I pretend to drive. I would. I would drive to the school in the morning to be there at nine a.m. But I wouldn't even go into class. I would sleep in the car. It's very, oh my god, very strange. Yeah, oh but I, mean, I was. It's probably depressed and stuff too, and I just didn't know how to deal with it. I was 18, 19, 20 years old, and after trying to do a couple of different community colleges, I. I just like, all right, I'm just out here floating on a log now. I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, when my my friend Brandon died in 2001, he was 21. He had just turned 21. That really changed things. And that's, you know, he had a huge impact. He's my best friend. Although, you know, right. I was just turned 21. It was really, really sad. 
it speaks for itself. He died in a car accident. And then his mom agreed to pay for me to go to a broadcasting vocational school in Detroit called Specs Howard. Like it was a vocational school just for broadcasting, for radio and television and editing and stuff. And it was like $10,000 flat out. She paid for the whole thing. Oh, wow. She's like, yeah. She's like, I know that you've always wanted to do this. And this is a great way to pay tribute to Brandon that you can go do what you always wanted to do. It's time. So I ended up doing that and I did complete that. And by the end of 2003, yeah, it's a true story. And by the end of 2003, I graduated. There was like a 10 month program and I went out into the world to try to work in TV news. I worked in Charleston, South Carolina at WCIV channel Four, the ABC affiliate as a production assistant uh, assignment desk editor, the person who listens to the scanner and like <laughs> you're waiting to hear the crimes or the things that we got to go cover. That's right, a right. fascinating job. And I worked as a photog. Yeah, you almost and, like rooting for a crime at that point. I know. Right? Holy crap. See, you just nailed it. This is why. So I worked at WCIV. Then I went to Cincinnati, worked at uh, Channel 5, WLWT, the NBC affiliate. Very, That's a bigger city. Cincinnati's bigger than Charleston. Charleston's a beautiful city down there, by the way, in South Carolina. And I realized that's all we did. We're, we go and cover the worst stories. Sure, there's a fluff story at the end. But we've all seen Anchorman with the, the squirrel riding the uh, jet skis. You know, hey, that's the fluff piece at the end. But the whole entire show prior to that is just... It's just about the bad stuff right. that's happening in the city. And that's what we covered. In fact, I worked at Cincinnati when the tsunami, the massive tsunami of 04 happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In Asia. And I saw, I mean, the, the video footage, we got the raw video footage. It was horrible. It was so awful. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why do I do this job? Right. So I ended up quitting by 05. I'm like, I'm out. I love, I want to be a broadcaster, but somehow I'm just working in local TV news and this is not mm -hmm. the job I wanted. So. Yeah. So what do you do from there? Well, from there, the it's pretty logical choice. This is not bearing any fruit. I guess I started to feel a sense of, what am I doing in my life that is good for society? Am I helping others? What am I doing for the people and Myself, mm -hmm. it, what I want my actions to be used in a good way. Sure. So I thought I would be a high school teacher. And so that's how I ended up going back to school. And then I got into University of Michigan, which is way better school than Central. Sorry, Chippewas. Hey, go blue. <laughs> yeah. That's right. This is the perfect time to talk about Michigan and how awesome oh, they are. I can't back -back believe Big it. Ten champions. Woo! I can't believe it. That was, that was a trouncing of OSU. The fact it that was. they're in now is annoying to say the least urban meyer himself has said that if you don't win your conference you don't deserve to be in the championship that's could not a fact agree more could not agree be okay more. if they i want them to beat georgia and then michigan beats them in the national title that'll be even better that'll be even <laughs> better just one more time wants, i want them to feel ultimate suffering to georgia after us too like we did yeah! last year I bad last year I, love I want, it. I want I'm all revenge for it. on Georgia. I want us to beat OSU and then beat Georgia. We need to get over the hump properly. Truth is, I'm uh, not picky. If they win a national title, that's great. I mean, it happened yeah, once right. in my life in 97. It's, they won a national championship. That was incredible. That was a lot of fun. There are only, I, I usually say there's just one game I watch the entire year of football, and it's OSU Michigan. And I, again, I will constantly say football should not exist. I feel like it harms so many. I don't know about. 
I I didn't know this take. I didn't know this was your take. Oh yeah, actually. yeah. Football shouldn't exist. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't everyone. necessarily disagree. I don't necessarily disagree. Think actually, about, think about all the cases you know about CTE because it's the NFL. But how many people play football? It's not just the people in uh, in the NFL. It's all the youth kids who go through so many concussions. They're right. affected massively by this. But um, you know this thousands too. And thousands and thousands and thousands. And you I, know this though. Soccer, other there's other injuries too. People still get head injuries I in understand. all these sports. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But NFL is massively different. Um, it's dramatically so. Uh, it, it becomes uh, you know I don't I'm really have to make an opinion. Feel bad for it because like our <laughs> our influence is nothing. Like should not let you necessarily not enjoy it because like I watch Michigan and LSU. I get it. Um, at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't exist. I only say this because I really don't care either way. It comes down to the the only problem is that you're right. There are youths who are very young, 14-year-old kids whose brains are still developing. And if they don't know any better, which they don't, we've all been 14. Let's be honest. Yeah. We didn't know any better. We trust yeah. our parents or our guardians or the people that we right. look to who've lived this life to make us or to help us along the proper path. So that's the only thing I would say because I thought about it being a Hey, freedom of choice, you know, free will, do right. what you will. But these are also people who don't, I've yeah, contended this a lot. This has nothing to do with football. It's about teenagers just don't know what they're, they don't know what they're doing. I was a teenager. I had no idea yeah. what I was doing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I look anyway. forward to one game every year. It's Michigan versus OSU. And then now I get extra. Wait, what? I'm not, <laughs> we're not supposed to have extra games. We've got um, bonus material. That's right. <laughs> DVD extras. More movie oh, references. Man. All right. So, uh, so go There's blue. no such thing as DVDs anymore anyways, when, I don't think. So. Yeah. Um, when, uh, when is the game? Is it New Year's Day? New Year's Eve? It's New Year's Eve. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't know why they have it on New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I watch it because I don't need to party. I don't drink yeah, I don't or care do that anymore. stuff. So. I, I mean, I, I, I drink socially and I, I've always drunk socially, but even less so after COVID. Uh, yeah, now I'm, yeah. Like, I'm at a party. I'm like, I'll just have water because I don't want to ha have any sort of hangover tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it's part of aging too. Uh, yes, I've, you know, people that don't know me, I've been in recovery from opioids for five plus years. I'm very open about it. It's not a secret. In fact, it's important for me to be honest about it so other people out there know that you can, you can yeah. follow the same path I did. You can get help. There is help out there. But I, I also don't drink. Drinking was never a problem for me. And sometimes people think universal. 12-step programs don't do anything. I respect that, but I could have a drink if I want to. I just don't care to. Like you said, it's just, I'm I'm pretty, I'm still working on me, but I'm pretty content about having a good time. Like we were at first uh, pitch there, FPAS in Arizona. We yeah. had fun. And I I honestly thought like, you know what? I don't really need a beer to enhance this. I These people know who I am. I know who they are and I'm having fun. And yeah, I'm not exactly. judging you. If you want to have drinks, if you have crippling social anxiety and you know a beer takes the edge off please by all means yeah, do your thing that can do a lot yeah um yeah it's the social it, lubricant it, it, i know that yeah it is great how open you are about it because there's a stigma obviously and that should go away yes um, it never will but i'll try that, the more that it goes away the easier we can to aid the recovery of others right i uh, completely agree with that it's not a shtick people it's not yeah. like hey i'm trying to get twitter followers or something it's nothing like oh, that i'm just ridiculous. yeah well no people way. don't know me they might not know i'm just being i'm being reasonable yeah. i understand there's a lot of a lot of people who might think twice but if you know me nick knows me it's just part of 
my goal in life. If we talk about where I was, right, going back to what I was saying, you know, I wanted to do something to help people. I thought being a teacher would do that. A high school teacher, (laughs) a little old high school teacher. Sounded like fun to me. So when I went to Michigan and I got that degree as a social studies teacher where I would be like your dad. I love globes. I love maps. I was. I thought geography was a fun class. I really not did. Not like my dad. Uh, that, okay. Well, fine. maybe not like your dad, but <laughs> that's fine. but I in that moment I would love to have labeled as many countries as possible in a globe. That sounded like fun to me when I was a kid. It still sounds yeah. like fun to me now. Right. So, so I, um, yeah, I thought I was going to help people by being a teacher. I'm like, this will be much more noble than working in television news, and that was the goal. But that's also when I started to get into my opioid addiction. Once I graduated, got a couple, I started working as a teacher and mm-hmm. that's when I started to slip and get more into it. So it wasn't because of the job though. I was just unresolved issues in my life. If you let things sure. fester, I'm telling you, yeah. like I know this as well as anybody now, if you let things just continue to sit there, they will react or release themselves outwardly in your life in a way that you really never thought you wanted to end up being. Trust me on that. So, so yeah, I, I love being a teacher. It wasn't the opioids fault. I, I had a lot of fun. I was a fun teacher. I'm sure you can imagine. And people always say this to me. Yeah, I bet you were a fun teacher. You were a cool teacher, weren't you? I'm like, well, yeah, but not like a weirdo. I still had rules and discipline. And of course I'm trying to mold the minds of young America. So yeah, I'd like to have a laugh or two, but and I want to make things fun, but it's always about trying to help kids find their own path. And that was really what I tried to impart to them when I said earlier about you don't have to go to college right away if you don't want to. You know, take a gap year. And a gap year doesn't mean you're rich and you can travel the world. It just means, you know, I'm just gonna see what's Try going on out here. Adult. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh so how long I mean, are you still teaching right now? Uh and- No, no, no. No, I once I uh <laughs> I tried it for five years and mm-hmm. basically most of those years were during my active use. So I was just, I was, it got bad towards the end. Cause I just wasn't really, I was there and I started getting high at work. And I remember when I crossed that barrier and I, re, I didn't want to do it. I held out as long as I could, but I finally did. And eventually they were very reasonable with me. I worked at, worked at a couple of private Jewish high schools, by the way, which I didn't know exist in the area. And hmm. I actually learned a lot about, cause I am, I'm Jewish, uh, but I wasn't really active as a Jew. So I learned a lot about that side of me and Judaism while I was working at those schools before yeah. I really deteriorated. I even went to Israel in 2014. That was awesome. That was really oh, cool. That right? Yeah, that, it was. Is that through birthright? No, birthright ends when you're 25, I think. Very good. See, you're the only one who got it. Most people always assume it's birthright. I was 32 no, by then. You're yeah. right. Um, well, I know Not this because I went to Brandeis. And like, uh, ah, my friends, uh, you know. of course. Um, yes. You but, went to Brandeis. I didn't know I that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Man. That's, I think. But uh, I, yeah, it's, it was, um, it was 55% Jewish when I went. Uh, and uh, huh. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm all my friends where I might as well be. I mean, in many ways, I'm attached <laughs> to it. Uh, but it's just that I wasn't, you know, wasn't brought up in any way religious. So I don't assign to anything, you know. Oh, neither was I. Yeah, that's, um, I'm yeah, with you like, there. And like, I have like, you know, relatives that are and stuff. So I am in some fashion, but I'm not Jewish, right? Um, but uh, all my, I mean, I went to so many bar and bat mitzvahs growing up and, then I went to Brandeis and I just felt like, oh, yeah, OK, cool. I went to <laughs> I went yeah. to Chabad once on uh, Friday night. Ah, I, I, every campus has a Chabad house. Right. 
There was uh there was Purim, uh, which was bigger than Halloween at Brandeis. Uh, during Chabad, they um they uh, made us stand up and introduce ourselves. And then there were three of us that were new. So we were, in, you have to be invited by someone who's already going uh-huh. um, to be able to go to it, to it. And then we stood up and then all of a sudden they literally, someone just started banging on the rafters and they all filed out and started dancing in the street and left us abandoned. <laughs> we were like, we didn't know if we were supposed, what we were supposed to do or we were supposed to join them or we not. It was pretty cool, um, but it was very welcoming, you know, and it's very much of that culture was, hey, we are not like, judging or anything we're actually just saying this is what ours is if you want to join us great and yeah. it was really wonderful about that um but yeah i remember playing <laughs> I remember playing beer pong with the uh the rabbi um, <laughs> uh during Purim at the rabbi's house because that's actually where the Purim party was held yeah it was at the the rabbi's house which is hilarious. yeah like, rabbis are cool there. rabbis are always cool <laughs> Every rabbi uh, I ever met anyway. was always pretty cool. He re- they really were. So um, I I did dance. Dancing is a huge part of the culture. When I went out to that trip in Israel, mm-hmm. we were just someone's wedding. I had no idea who's who they were. Yeah, right, right. right. We, we were just welcome to this wedding, and we yeah. danced for hours. I sweat my butt off. I was so right. sweaty, and we were just dancing with. And the other thing was, this is more on the extreme side of Judaism. It was Orthodox, so. It was just dudes only. Women had to like go on the other side, yeah, right. which was, that's, yeah. I didn't love that. I got to be, that's not, see, that's where I'm like, okay, you know, I respect yeah. everyone's rights to do what they want to do is expression of their Schomer was, uh, yep. yeah. Yeah. And so that's a trip I went on actually, which was really weird for me. Cause I'm, that's just not who I am. I was, I was on a more Orthodox trip, which they paid for. Basically. That was the deal. Hey, you, we pay for this for two weeks. We do your flight. We do your room board, everything, right, but right. you got to go to class at seven 30 every morning. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> then you're gonna have to follow our rules. So that's what I there did. There you go. Look at that. Um, so then after I, uh, that's wild. Yeah, I've never been. Um, I mean, it, it's always incredibly. I don't know. It's rich to like an intelligent mind, like uh, for for your mind just to experience something you haven't before. Yes, um, just that, I could, That's ex- it, exactly you know? how I see it, Nick. That is exactly how I see it because right. I. I mean, I, I'm down with Judaism. I consider myself a Jew. I'm pretty minimalist, frankly, though. But just to go from a historical, like I said, I was a history teacher. I was really into that stuff. And it's such a tiny country in terms of land mass, but it, topographical variety is massive. There's deserts in the south. There's mountains in the north. There's oasis right. and stuff in between. It's really fascinating. That part right. I was really drawn in by. And I saw some of the most beautiful landscapes in the south looked like the Grand Canyon in a way. It was just beautiful. I've never been to the Grand Canyon, so that's my version of the Grand Canyon. Did you float in the Dead Sea? I absolutely did float in the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you float in the Dead Sea. I, I had to. It was did. really good for my skin. That's why my skin yeah, looks right? so good, because I did that for <laughs> half an hour. Well, they don't have that, and was it Superior that you have nearby? Uh, that's actually really good for you. I mean, it's cold as hell if you want to do yeah. that. It's good for the skin, but man, I'd, I'd rather just did, probably... Did I get the right lake? Did I get it right? You got the, it is a real lake. It's just way up north. So yeah. <laughs> the nearest one to you is what I'm saying. The closest one to me would probably be Lake Erie or Lake Huron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Huron's on the east. Michigan's on the yeah. west. Superior's in the north. So. Gotcha. Okay. Superior on top. Okay. Great Lakes education here live on Pollock with friends. Yeah. You got to homes, guys. That's how you remember it. Homes <laughs> are the five of them. 
Ontario (laughs) and uh, Michigan are the other ones. I took a bath in Lake Huron once. It was lovely when I was a kid. It was great. Did you? I I had brought shampoo and everything. I I cleaned my hair and showered. It was a beautiful summer's eve. Of all the people who have come on to Nick Pollock and Friends, I am the least surprised that it's you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. For whatever reason. I mean, it's probably because I know you're Michigan and all, but still. I'm like, yep, yep. I see that one. Yeah, I see that's me. That. Absolutely. Um, but I, but moving on here. So, okay. So we're progressing through this. Um, after the teaching gig, uh, where, hey, talk, talk to us about those years. Well, I was let go in 2016 after I got out of another rehab. By the way, I got out of rehab that day and I used that night. So rehabs that are 10 days long, completely inefficient. This is just advice. If you ever happen to wander into this in your own life, do a longer term rehab. Make yeah. sure people go for longer periods of time. 10 days, two weeks, ridiculous, ridiculous. Doesn't work. I know that. The, the evidence shows that too. So after that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to work some jobs. And I just let more people down because I thought I was okay. And I still had to go through these trials and right. tribulations and mistakes where I thought I was okay, but then I wasn't. And it's just part of the experience. But I, by 2017, everybody had enough of me and I had enough of myself. And I left a friend agreed to let me move in with him in Maryland. So I moved to Maryland in late 2017 and he basically let me stay there for peanuts. You know, he charged me like 150 bucks or 200 bucks a month for rent. And he had a full colonial house. Nice. He lived in a nice suburb. Oh, wow. It was, he was yeah. a family. He had a family, but the family right. had been split up because his wife and part, a couple of the kids went to the air force in California. She was in the air force. So she had to go out there and he had to stay home with the kids. So basically became a bachelor pad of me, him and his 12 year old son. And I would drive his 12 year old son to school every day. I've tried to be responsible. And I was staying clean from that point, slowly, but surely I was on maintenance drugs. And I, that's that's a great outlet. Honestly, that sounds like exactly the kind of environment you'd also need, you know, it was, Uh, I'm forever in forever in debt and i have gratitude to this day he gets annoyed because i'm always like you know what he's he doesn't like to gloat he doesn't want any press for it but i tell him you saved my life man you you helped me get to where i am today it's i'm here because of you today i really am and i never forget that he's a friend of mine i've known for a long time and we talked about the stories from high school i ubered while I lived there, I lived there for about a year and a half and I moved to Philly for five months after that and then came back to Maryland for six months and finally moved back to Michigan in 2019. But I Ubered at night. I worked the night shift from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And that was my full time gig. So there's so many stories and so many people I met through those Ubering experiences. It was Give me one of them. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, like some of uh, what's ones are funny, and which ones aren't. You know, I think about people are always drunk. You know, it's Ubering. They're drunk. Right. Yeah. That's what they need the Uber for. And it's a good thing that it exists. Yeah, I did pick yeah. up these. I picked up these arena football players one night. They were actually arena football players played in D.C. or Baltimore. There was a team there and they wanted me to drive them back to their, their condo. So we did that. And then the whole ride there was like 45 minutes. These guys were huge. They filled up my little Honda Civic. We were like full <laughs> in that car with these dudes and they're putting on all these songs that Michael Jackson and uh, call me maybe and all these goofy songs that they were singing every single word. And they demanded <laughs> that I sing every single word along with them. And uh, it was just, it was totally surprising. Unfortunately though, when we got there, one of them had passed out and he weighed like 310 pounds. Oh, I'm not kidding. No. He was a huge to, like, like lineman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we had to get him into the condo. He would not wake up. It was just 
a fiasco, man. And that was just <laughs> one of so many silly stories. I mean, it was oh, so man. many fat because I worked outside of Annapolis and in Annapolis where the uh, Navy is, you know, the Navy Academy. So you think mm-hmm. a lot of those people are, you know, they're naval cadets. And is that what they're called? Right, no, right, they're midshipmen. Right. Midshipmen? I oh, no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. Talk I really the don't. wrong person here. Midship that. people. Like, you're talking Anyways. about the Navy? I prefer Indigo. Um, but but i so that's great so you you really got back on your feet in a really good way uh thanks uber yeah well i mean really thanks to your friend too for giving you the environment to be able to oh yeah 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 and uh so so from there uh i'm trying to piece this all together like uh, getting close yeah so so what's next Getting close to the current day. Uh, yeah. So I moved back to Michigan in August of 2019. Mm-hmm. I felt good. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go be a counselor. And that's how I started getting my master's in clinical mental oh, yeah, health counseling. Be, it's Yeah. Yeah. You'd be a great counselor. Thank I mean, you, Nick. It's a yeah. natural step for somebody who's been through a lot of pain and you know the pain of others. You know, you know your own personal pain and right. people helped me. They did. Right. So the lesson I didn't learn when I was the guy at the TV station who tried to be a teacher was I wasn't in touch with what had happened in my life. I just mm-hmm. looked for answers. The difference in the transition for me here after being in Maryland and getting stable and staying clean and coming back to Michigan and starting to be a counselor was that I understood all of the pain of my own young life, the trauma. It is. It, it's I feel like it's a cliche sometimes, but it is because we all have a lot of trauma in our lives. It's all across the landscape. Whatever it is for you, don't let other people minimize it. If it hurts, it hurts. And so I understood myself a lot better and I really knew how to empathize. That's the key thing. Empathy was something that I didn't really know how to apply when I was 25. But now that I was 40, I got it. I figured it out. So so I'm almost done with that now. I'm doing my internship, finishing my hours. I got to do 700 hours to get my license and then I'll be a licensed professional counselor here in Michigan. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, it is. So so, uh, so where does FTN and Palazzo podcast come in here? Ah, so when I came back, I started to work on the masters and I was trying to go all in on everything I never did properly. I was like, oh, I'll start the master's program. This is going to take three years. So it'll be a while. And then I got to do a podcast. I mean, Podcasting was getting bigger. I mean, it's even bigger now. It may seem crazy. I know it's 2022, but everyone has a podcast now. But three years ago, a lot of people had a podcast. Not everyone. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I joined that. uh, I joined those ranks by starting a college football pod. It was called the Sharp Idiots with (laughs) my current Palazzo partner, Christopher Deary. Actually, we wanted we love Michigan football. Like we said, so we want to talk about each week in college football and we called it the sharp idiots. It was a gambling reference. And by 2020, right before COVID started, we switched it into Palazzo. You're like, you know what? We love baseball. That's what we really love. Right, Chris? So we started to do the pod in January of 2020, known as the Palazzo podcast. And it's been around oh, ever man, since. So, so you started yours in 2020 before everyone started theirs in 2020. Right before January 2020. Yeah, just right before yeah. that. Oh, man. So we got a tiny head start, but not yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in that first uh, baseball pods bracket then? In twenty twenty, I, I believe, yeah, we were. Uh, okay, good. You see, that's the difference right there. Is that you made it ah, into that first year? 
Somebody because. snuck us in there. We signed up for it and we lucked out and we were like the 15 seat or something, but we were in it, I believe. Yeah. There you go. Beautiful. I met him uh, in real life a couple months ago. We, he hung oh, out Chris? in Detroit. We went to a, yeah, we went to a Tigers game. He flew oh, in for great. Detroit for a business meeting and we went had dinner with me and Leanne and we went to mm-hmm. his first ever Tigers game at Comerica Park. He's a great yeah. guy. I love, love him. He's a really good dude. And I meant to ask, uh, and and uh, no surprise, of course, that Chris is. Um, no. Yeah. Tell How did you meet Leanne? Well, we actually met when I was being a teacher in 2011. We met on <laughs> Plenty of Fish, of all places. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, sure. That's one of them. Well, I don't know how other people think of Plenty of Fish, but back in 2011, it was kind of like the low rent. Uh, it was free. You didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really, I didn't meet a lot of great people through it. But somehow... I met Leanne through it in 2011. We dated for a few months. She dumped me. And then from there, it was a series of on-agains, off-agains. But then we never saw each other from 2014 till 2019 when I came back. We didn't see each other for five years. But I had reached out to her when I was in Philly in early 2019. I emailed her. I was really depressed. I was. I was very, very sad. Even though I was still clean, I just, I felt, I felt sad. I felt like a nobody. And she helped me get out of that. And we kept emailing. We started talking. And then by the time I moved back in August in 2019, she, I asked her, Hey, I actually said, you know what? We should start a podcast. I did say that to her first. She has a great <laughs> voice. I love her voice. Her voice is very soothing and it's happy. And I really thought it would make for a good podcast. But then after that, I'm like, yeah, we should, maybe we should get together too. Maybe we should get back together. And she agreed. And now here we are. That was three years ago. So. Oh, that's wonderful. It oh, is. She's great. incredible. Like she really cares about people too much. I'm not kidding. She cares so much <laughs> about people like being kind and sacrificing yourself for others. It's almost too much at times. Like you got to take care of you, Leanne. You're a good person. It's okay. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. And I, you know, we're, I know we're pushing past an hour and I can't thank you enough for, for spending all this time. Uh, it's been great. Oh, this hearing has been, the story. Yeah. It's been wonderful. This is um, cool. I, I'm uh, I'm gonna check the show out more often. I'm totally honest. I've never listened to the show just because. Oh, of course, because when you you make know things, you know it's harder to yes. listen to others. I understand. Thank you, good. thank you for saying it for me. You know the truth. Okay, good. Yeah. So. <laughs> just like I wouldn't I expect wouldn't you to be like to my show completely. I mean, come on. No, no, you got to check in, make sure it still sounds good. Of course, right? Uh, but I would never expect um, you to check out the latest episode of Palazzo. No, it's ridiculous. I, do I don't expect week. anybody who's in the biz to watch. I've listened I don't, I to every don't. single. Palazzo podcast. I'm insulted <laughs> that you would suggest otherwise go VA. I know. I, uh, I'm terrible. So, so I, I, I like asking this one a lot um, because I kind of want to see, you know, you, you're in this fun position. Now you are getting close to getting your, um, your license in Michigan, which is great. Um, you have this new position now, FTN. You have, yeah. Um, it actually isn't really that new. It's been a full season, I think now. Um, or maybe uh, was- I got hired back in August, technically. So it's been well, about three or four months. Yeah, but now, yeah. now you're a vet of the biz. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I worked so at Fantrax what- before that. Yes, I am a vet well, of the right. biz there too. So yeah, so, yeah. So what what goals do you have now for yourself? <sighs> That's a wonderful question. I really don't want to. I don't care. We yes, everybody think what you want to think. It's fine. I really do believe that uh, I'm fairly entertaining and I have a self-awareness and I want to present myself to others in that way. So I love sports. I love football and baseball. Uh, I love all sports really, but mainly those two probably the most. There's only, it really does become true. You run out of bandwidth. It's a, it's probably a cliche now too. 
People say, oh, I don't have enough bandwidth to focus on hockey, baseball, no, football. That's how it is. It absolutely is. I, I run if out of want- bandwidth covering starting pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. You said it better than I could. And what that means, too, though, it doesn't just mean that I'm aware. It means that you're doing it well, right? Not just, okay, I know things. It's it's that you are presenting information, you're studying, you're researching it, and you could talk about it in a really meaningful and in-depth way. Not that just you you know 250 starting pitchers' names, right? right? It, it's about being a specialist these days. And the more that you can be a specialist, the, the more you're able to stand out, I think. Yeah, let's I think about that. And I think that's my dilemma is so many things I want to do, but you you could do them all, but it doesn't mean you're going to be successful at them all. In terms, when I mean successful, I mean like that you could make a living well, doing this. Yeah, but what is what is the what is that exactly? Is it you just doing a show every day on something that involves you? Is it uh, you writing more elsewhere? I mean, I'm just kind of curious. That the, I think all these conversations they should start with what is the vision in your head of yourself and what that is and then cool then let's like kind of take the steps back to figure out how to grasp that right i think you're absolutely right that might be a a challenge i have right now i don't have a i like writing i been writing at FTN, I wrote at Fantrax before that, and it was kind of a longer form weekly. This is what happened this week. This is what's happening this week. And I throw in a bunch of silly pop culture references because they're just all in my head anyways. And it was fun. I really do enjoy the writing. It is time consuming, though. And I don't know. I don't know that people can make a. I mean, there are people who make a living as writers, but they work at certain. It's harder to do it these days. Than okay. It used to be. Thank you. See, there you go. You know the truth. Nick is. Uh, <laughs> Nick knows the biz. He does. I respect you a lot because you know so much about how to get things done and how they are done when it comes to writing, doing podcasts, really content creation of any kind. So I respect you immensely in that arena because you've been doing it. You've done your own thing here, and I. I should probably be picking your brain a lot more because you do have a lot to offer in that. And you've always offered yourself up to me. to this show, Govier. This is the show for you. Clearly, (laughs) this is the show for me. Uh, And I haven't even been listening to it. If you're interested in that, listen to, uh, off the top of my head, talking to Justin Mason about this. Uh, uh, Chris Clegg, I talk about it with. Um, That was the most recent, one of the more recent ones. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would, you know, anytime just, uh, just reach out and ask. I love this stuff. Oh, I, I think, yeah. I think those kind of conversations don't happen enough inside of the space, um, which is why I wanted to do something like this, but it's very much hush hush behind curtains. I'm like, well, no, it shouldn't be. And it should be competition. Is that what it is? People I are afraid guess. that revealing secrets or I, I don't know. Um, I'm very, I like to think I'm very transparent about how we run. Um, and, uh, it, it's, at the end of the day, it's always about how do you get people's attention? Is it through podcasts? Is it through your articles? Is it through a video? Is it a newsletter? Whatever it is, how do you think you're best at getting attention? That is um, actually a great concern of mine now because I kind of built my following on Twitter and recent mm-hmm. Twitter upheaval. <laughs> oh, Twitter's going to be fine. If, oh, I completely agree. Oh, I completely agree. But there are friends I know, people who are pretty rational human beings that actually left Twitter recently. And I'm like, 
you're totally buying into something that's not real, in my opinion. I'm not trying to, this is not a political bent. This isn't any type of bent. It's just a matter, this is a monolith that has been around for a long time. People, especially with sports news and keeping up on the latest breaking stuff, Twitter still serves a purpose. There's a uh, there's a saying I, I don't know my friends would say it all the time is that whenever you, like you go bar hopping as a social group with every I think actually my my one well, of my best friends Evelyn would say it, is when you change locations you lose half the group and uh, <laughs> every time you lose half the group right um, and that's how it is with any sort of any platform or gets destroyed or whatever I remember actually a private torrent site um, some people might know what dot cd or oink um, if any of you guys know what those are, I, I yes. applaud you for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just about like, okay, what's the next one after? And what's that CD was, and it was, it was also waffles and what's that CD after Oink. But Oink was so big and then you'd split everyone again and it took years for it to become a big thing again, right? And it's so unified at Twitter right now. And I think everyone understands the difficulty of just, oh gosh, I don't want to restart this again. I've already, I've already, Everybody has invested their own selves into this. Uh, and it's just so simple and easy. And I do understand, though, there there are some that like, yeah, there's there are things that Twitter kind of doesn't do well. And it would be nice for them to fix and to make it better. But they never did it well. That's the other they thing. Never, well, I know they never have, but it's like kind of. Yeah, nice they clothes. never have. A new place that has like a nicer UI and it has a little extra things and like, OK, that could work. But man. You're not going to get everybody there. You're not going to allow it so like the president can just say things on it. And like we all understand it. News is reported on this. How do you know yes. about passing? Like it destroys, you know, I, re- I remember actually being on a, I'm, I'm ranting. I'm so sorry. I remember being on a date in like 2012 and I, uh, and talking about how technology is changing. And like I was working at a weird news website. Um, I mean, talking about like, I'm not excited about where I am because I'm reporting on bad things happening. Right. And I we're talking about like how news is changing and essentially going from um, official reporting to kind of user reporting as being the the future of it. And like that's what happened. I mean, I I should have been, you know, I was like, right, this is kind of interesting. Right. Twitter becomes this thing where it's just there as opposed to everywhere else. So it kills all these news channels. Um, I would not be shocked if like all the ratings of all these shows of all these news channels or websites or all this kind of is just destroyed because of Twitter. Why would you go there? Just follow the Twitter account, you know? Right. Especially um, for the upcoming generations, the current gen. I mean, some of the older folks already knew their ways. They were stuck in their ways. They're not going to change, but right. yep. But you don't Absolutely. go to ESPN refreshing the page to see <laughs> what the what the news is anymore. No. I remember I would go there. I would go there once a day or something like, oh, I didn't know this news happened to be on the right or whatever. And I'd find out. Yep. Like, no, why would I do that? It's just, I just sub to the things I need. Oh, I, to pass and tweet it? If pass and tweet it, it's not real, you know? That was said in our, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was great. I was like, yeah, it's not passing. Who cares? That is so, so funny because that's so true. That is so true. I think I went to ESPN once in the last three months right? because I wanted to watch the college football playoff results only because Michigan yeah, had right. made that's it. What I, I, that's like, what I've looked up is like how the Michigan team went. I, I was curious at ESPN's player. Yeah, I was logging in yeah. and then I had, but then I had to log into direct TV because it's the, through their watch system and all that oh, stuff yeah. too. And I got to steal my mom's. Yeah. I don't steal yeah. it. My mom gives me her <laughs> right, TV login. All of us. It's like, that's none of us of our generation actually have cable, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Hell no. Man. Are you kidding me? I cut the oh, cord 10 years ago easy and never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. but where well, I want to be and how I want to be there and see, overall. No, you're right. These are that was well said. I just think I have to flesh out the vision more. You're right. And I'm not saying making a vision board or something like that. It's just, do I want to be someone who focuses on writing or is it videos that people respond to the most or, and I know we talked about this briefly at first pitch about, you know, depending on what you were doing today, would you make a website for your business or not? Right. Remember we were talking about right. that at the bar oh, yeah. Yeah. and, and, do you remember and what you, yeah, I, yeah. you I, said no. I said no. And I remember Justin Mason was there with us too. And he chimed in and said, well, maybe if it was, there was something specific. Now I'm actually forgetting what he said there, but there was, like, it was so only specific writing. And I was like, yeah, you can ah. do a medium. You can just start your medium blog if you want, but That's like right. creating, creating a media website, you don't even need to do. I mean, I think the best example of that is like, go to the John boy website. It's not like a media website of articles and stuff. It's just like a, a collection. Oh, you need to just go. This is the YouTube link you need. This is our store. You know, it's yeah. not a content magazine or something like that it's not like creating picture lists now is impossible uh and it's only really? because i think I, I think if i started trying to do picture lists today it wouldn't be even close to what it is now because it's it was just everything was received differently back then 2014 2015 it was that's how you got information more so I didn't know it was that long ago you started, by the way. Wow, I'm so yeah, much yeah. I'm learning on this show. <laughs> I would have said like 2017, mate. You know, yeah, no, 2014, guess. it was Pitcher Gifts and got shut down by MLB. Oh, uh, I do remember that. Okay. And then 2015 came back as Pitcher List. Yeah, gosh, it's been, this is, it's going to be my ninth season, I think, next year, which is insane. Was it Pitcher List 9.0? I've been, no, it's, well, it's PL8. And then I think we're going to skip PL9 and do PLX. Ooh. Okay. Uh, maybe we're thinking about it. We don't know. Maybe rumors. These are rumors. <laughs> These are rumors. <laughs> um, but I, but no, I mean, it's, it's amazing over the years how wrong I've been, yet people are still there because we're not in the business of being right. We're in the business of good discussion. That's like our mission statement. Uh, that's fabulous that's a great mission statement okay you're always so good at that stuff you really do that. know see i can put my foot in my mouth a lot more than you ever will that's that's okay i know who i am that's just like i, well, I just say things sometimes and there's no filter and that's part of my that's, experience that's of, you know i do that with like, you've heard an otc no, podcast it's, and things that fast yeah, it's like, not like did you just say nick i was like i don't know <laughs> just can we move on please thanks that's fair it's not that it, we're that different in that respect it's just uh but you also you curate things in the way you want them to be and you're you know what gets you know how to get the most out of the things that you are doing. And that's something that I need to get to still. I don't feel that I get the most out of the time I'm spending and I want it to be more efficient. And right. these are things that I will need to get. So, I need to really dive in and like read stuff, talk to stuff, people mm -hmm. connect and listen more. Cause I'm not, I'm not actively seeking it out. I've just kind of, this is totally truthful. I've floated through this thing for about three, almost three years now, January's next month. It'll be three years. Palazzo started. Oh yeah. Wow. I've tried to, I've tried to just keep doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep pumping it out, but I'm not adjusting enough. I'm not creating new avenues or even fine tuning and being more efficient. So that's, well, that's really what I take from what the question you originally asked me, how, how do I see things where I want to be? I'm kind of incomplete right now, frankly. My, uh, my college coach would say, Practice isn't good practice. Good practice is good practice. And uh, I take that so as simple. like every time I 
would throw a baseball, I would be doing it with a purpose, right? I wouldn't just like just toss a baseball back. I would actually go through my entire windup and actually like study it and get to the, you know, practice something in that throw and do it right, you know? And I take, I try to take that with me when it comes to like, okay, if I'm putting out this article, it's for what purpose, you know? Or if I'm recording this thing, if it's like for what? Um, and it can be hard to do because I mean, it's, I think the hardest thing possible right now is to be a, it can be so difficult getting off the ground. Um, and I, I, there are two aspects of, I, I think of an ind independent creator is there's Michael Govier, the brand. Um, but there's, do you want everything to be Michael Govier, the brand, or do you want it to be Michael Govier, the brand associated with FTN and Fantrax? Is your is your vision to be independent and and do your own thing, do your own business, and all of that, or is it to be successful inside of the business um, under a different umbrella? Both are great. Bingo. Uh, the second one is a lot easier. <laughs> uh, it's a lot <laughs> more secure and uh, comfortable. Um, if you ask me, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it's easier because you don't have to worry about a lot of things. You can just focus on being the talent. Right. Um, they cover while, all the. While I'm addicted to just the fun of the business, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's the thing that uh, I do this podcast for a little bit is, I mean, sure, obviously, I, I absolutely adore starting pitching. I think it's one of the coolest things ever. Um, but the the act of like creating all this stuff, all the environment of and the decisions to make and the creation out of nothing is uh, is such a fun aspect of it. you think of it and you see the steps in front of you then like okay let's do it you know that's such a cool thing to be able to do well so you put yourself on the line yeah right um so it's different for everybody i uh, and i'm lucky in 20 million ways uh pitchless exists in like it shouldn't i uh, in so many ways um and i don't want to use it as an example for stuff because uh, i run a, a website for a company that allows me to pay the bills and everything I don't need to take from PitcherList, right? Like I, that allows me to then invest back into the company to let it grow. And it's still like, we still only have part-time staffers after eight years, you know? I, uh, so it's, it's, we're working on it, but it's a process. And a lot of people, I mean, that people don't have that time. You know, I started when I was like, God, how old am I now? 34? <laughs> <laughs> It was 2014. I started when I was, I mean, I started making it when I was 25. Um, <laughs> but I, but yeah, you understand the point I'm making of like, um, Mike Curlin talked about this. I got to bring him on the show. I remember talking to him in person. Um, oh, he loves, he could talk about this Karen, stuff for four yeah, hours. Yeah, I got to bring him on. Um, but I, but yeah, just about, I, I remember talking to him in, in first pitch being like, stop comparing yourself to all these people. Like, it's stupid. Also, a lot of these people you're comparing to have been in this for like 10 years, you know, <laughs> and like you've been at it for, and when I talked to him, it was like two years, I think at the time, maybe three, but like you're like, that's, that's really hard. And he's achieved so much, you know, um, he did, Mike knows this. Mike will hear this and Mike, Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hope you're doing well. But he, <laughs> he is the master of always trying. He never lets any of the outside noise get him down. Even though you guys were having a discussion about what you were, yeah. I get that, I but he's, he always tries something new and he just. Boom. All right. Now we're doing personal training. All right. Now we're doing this. He's always ready yeah. to just rock and do it. And I res always respected that about him is that he does it on his own and he does it the best he can. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But he also has so many ideas too, that he's, he ends up doing 
Uh, I mean, I, I was originally on the Bases Loaded Podcast Network, which was his thing when I first came in as Palazzo. He's like, yeah, we'll bring you on. That technically was the first affiliation Palazzo ever had was his, yeah. which no longer exists now. I don't think Bases Loaded, because he's changed names and he's reformatted right. his own companies and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's a great example of somebody who's really tried to do everything how he wanted to do it. No regrets. Maybe he does have regrets, but it doesn't seem like it. So Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard place to navigate. But as long as you figure out, okay, cool, what that angle you want it to be, then at least you can. Refine and yeah, it he works and, at the Athletic. And, I mean, he also has right. his own. He got a really cool job, so yeah, yeah. he grinded so, and he made it happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, go VA. Uh, one last question for you. Oh boy! Because um, where did the time go? <laughs> no one can say for sure. I think it literally just ticked off like back. it does every day. So that's a callback. It is a callback. Um, no, I ask everybody this: Do you have a mantra that you live by? Yeah, I honestly don't have words. I mean, I have an internal expression of the life I live really I guess I'd have to say that uh it's all about action so it's, hmm. it's not about the words I say it's about what I do that so maybe something along yeah, those that's, lines that's, you know it's about the action is good right? I'm responsible for my own actions that's right. kind of a I guess a mantra I, I don't say it out loud but it's a philosophy I've always thought about for many many years and that I still apply it's right. Less talk, more rock. I guess that'd be a mantra, right? I mean, really, just, I mean, we're talking. This is literally the business of this discussion and this method of sharing with others, but it's about the action. Yeah. So something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. I really dig that. Words yeah. hurt. Words can hurt, yeah. but it's what I do defines who I am in a way, not right. what I say. Cause you could talk hot air all day long, but meanwhile, look at what I've done. And if I've done things that have, been meaningful to me and however you express that in your life to others then that's that's a good day that's not too bad that's a way to be i really think that uh i think that's great michael j govier jason govier i should say jason yeah i uh, i cannot thank you enough for spending this time with me. this was a fantastic podcast i'm glad we can make it happen and, me too uh, before you go tell everybody once again where they can find you and what you're doing yeah, you know, drill. I work at FTN, so FTNDaily.com, FTNFantasy.com, FTN. That's a, they got three prongs over there. It's kind of frustrating. FTN bets, FTN fantasy, FTN daily. When I first started working there, I'm like, what the hell's going on around here? But I understood it now. It's basically the three pillars of FTN. I get it. I now understand that. Anyways, I work through all three, really. So check all those out. And if you really want to sign up for a subscription, you can use my promo code MJGovier. You know, it helps me out. Also helps you out because we got good stuff. If you're into betting and daily fantasy, I mean, it's so good. It really is. Like I'm doing well there. I've learned things from them and I'm applying it. So check all that out over there. Of course, a plausible podcast, uh, subscribe to our YouTube, listen to us on the podcast platform of your choice. If you prefer whichever one, do you like visual medium? You like the audio medium? I don't care. Two L's, two Z's. That's how people find it. And, uh, I'll leave it there. MJ Govey and Twitter. I'm not leaving Twitter. I'm going to use it because Twitter will be around for a long time. And there we go. I've already invested myself. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. You know, the amount of times I've heard you say two L's, two Z's. I love it. Um, and I, Michael, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, my name is Nick Pollock. And that was my friend, Michael Jason. 
Govier.